Hi, welcome to Story Guts. This is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Lai. And thanks for listening. Um, so, uh, how, are you, how are you doing today, Alice? I'm doing great. Molly, I've been in such a mood to steal something. Now, if... <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> okay, I was going to talk about, I did a, um, an escape room for the first time. Oh, perfect. Uh, the other day. And, uh, yeah, so I'd never done one before and it was pretty fun. Like we, we did win, but I think we won, like we did as bad as you can do while still somehow succeeding because we didn't get a ton of the clues, but we just like used our higher level, like reasoning skills, Your higher level to, education skills. Yeah. To like guess the ultimate answer. All right. So, <laughs> and we did it successfully. And then we were able to win. But it was, yeah, it was really fun. It was, like, me and Becky, who's our, our friend, and then one of Becky's friends, and then one of Becky's friends' friends, and then two randos. So it was very much a, a team assembled for a, oh, for a particular job. Um, but the theme was, um, it was corporate espionage. So we were basically uh, doing a heist of um, a very, very puzzle-based heist <laughs> of... Uh, floating glowing orb that ah. i'm not really sure what it was supposed to be was it supposed to we got kind of mixed messages it seemed like at first we were doing something that was like toy like it was a toy company we were like toy company a was like heisting or like stealing stuff from toy company b uh-huh. but then we got like a second introduction it just seemed like it was like generic technology company so i don't really know oh i i feel like they they started out really strong out the gate with like it's a toy company because you're like ooh this is fun this is a normal heist and it's like oh now it's technology they could have like really made it high stakes right they're like oh you thought it was a toy company but like it's actually smuggling heroin <laughs> and you have to stop them by stealing all the heroin and using it yourself well, <laughs> okay this is like the classic Robin Hood story um, yes the classic Robin Hood and the Mountain of Cocaine. Uh, <laughs> Is, is so yeah i guess in this it was our we were uh stealing from the rich toy company and giving to the poor toy company i think they were both corporations they both suck yeah. but the point being um it was making me think about heists and so when you mentioned stealing um, when you mentioned wanting to talk about heists this week uh i thought that that would be a fun one to do yeah for sure I think um, heists, I think, are, they, they're just, like, so wholesome, right? They're always, they're just, like, it's, yes. it's a, like, one last job. And, like, you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, hey, you're... No, no, sorry. M- my cat started trying to eat my headphones cord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for coating your headphone cord in peanut butter. Um, I just, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, it's a weird habit. It's finally coming back to, to yeah, bite you. Clearly. Um, All right, sorry. Continue. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, they're they're very wholesome. Yeah, I think they're very wholesome just because it's not like I think I think it's it's one of those like textual things that like it's hard to get too uh, lathered up about because it's not like it's not like a superhero movie where you're like oh vigilante justice and it's not like I don't know a revenge fantasy where you're like what about I don't know gun violence it's like. It's like, I mean, it is a revenge fantasy often, right? Like in the Oceans franchise, it's a revenge fantasy, but it's like a non-violent revenge fantasy. Right. And I think that's always like so, it's so fascinating to have like this kind of like explicitly like majority non-violent fantasy of this like the the success is like maybe no one even finds out. Like no one finds out that you've like stolen the thing until you're gone. And you're always stealing stuff that's like, like, from people that won't necessarily miss it. So there's not, like... So, right. like, if we had, like, Ocean's Nine, and it's, like, we're gonna steal a bunch of EpiPens from the orphanage. Like, everyone's like, this seems like a weird turn. <laughs> like... 
Yeah. I mean, well, I think, right, like, we, we sort of talked about heist, but there's sort of a little bit of the Robin Hood uh, mm-hmm. mythos built in, right? We, we root for what we perceive as the little guy or, like, the wronged person um, in the heist movie. And then the way that they are able to sort of right the wrong is by stealing from the 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 rich the bad person who is yeah usually rich yeah who has either like stolen something from them or like acquired something in like the wrong context and i think what's interesting to me is like the way the heist movie kind of parallels the um the detective story like the way that there's there's kind of like the similar like like one is about taking apart a puzzle and another is about like putting one together, I guess. Or no, they're both about taking apart puzzles. Except one is just like much more like kinetic about it. So like in a detective story, you're like, how how mm-hmm. was this stolen? Like who stole it? Who had the motive? And, you know, in the heist one, you're like, Okay, we're gonna steal it. Like how are we going <laughs> to steal it? Like what like what, you know, fantastic array of different talents will we need and so on. Yeah. So I think there's there's something like very there's something very pleasurable about like kind of I, I think like it's like a kind of heist movie trope. It's just like you you get the plan and then like at some point the plan like messes up and they have to improvise. But part of it is about like a very well executed plan. Like it's just so funny just because basically a heist movie is like one person like one person or several people being like, I am just so smart. And you're going to watch me be smart for 90 minutes and something's going to go wrong, but I'm going to prove how, how more smart than you even thought I was, like, which might make me look dumb, but actually I'm more smart because I can like figure it out. No problem. Uh. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. Like, I think there's like, we may have talked about this before. I don't remember, but there's like a real pleasure to seeing people being extremely competent and like getting away with things like you know, by the skin of their teeth, um, just, like, through their own cleverness and ingenuity. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that really comes into play in sort of the heist movie or the heist sort of story because each person who's part of the team, right, has a very particular skill set. That's sort of one of the big tropes, right? Yeah. that each person has their particular role um, that they bring and that they're able to, um, that they're able to do sort of, like, better than anybody. Yeah. And sort of part of what the the um, excitement of the heist is like putting all that together, all these like little moving pieces that can do really amazing things. And when you put it all together, it's even greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and it's like it's so social too. It's like there there is a lot of like, uh, well, at least like in the oceans. Like actually, yeah, in a lot of the heist, like either movies or books or whatever, it's there's a lot about like, you know, we we might have like might not have seen eye to eye, but, like, we're really bonding over stealing this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think it, like, combines... It combines a lot of, like, I don't know, guilty pleasure elements in, like, one of those packages that, like, I think sometimes can come off as formulaic, but we've had a real dearth of heist-related content lately, so it doesn't feel like as obvious right now like the formula is like the formula is a formula like you 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 have you someone is wrong someone like you you get the team together you have a plan that kind of thing like it's still great to watch like execute like it's it's kind of like you seeing a rube goldberg machine or whatever and you're like yeah this is gonna really (laughs) this shit is gonna pop off when those balls when you get four balls here and then like it tips over and this other ball goes over in this direction yeah, I mean, th- I think that's actually a really good analogy, <laughs> um, <laughs> shockingly. Uh, because, yeah, it's the satisfaction of watching all these sort of pieces um, come together. I think there's something very satisfying about uh, somebody making a plan and then executing the plan. Yeah. And it working. Like, I don't know. I know that sounds very simple, but... No, like, no, I agree. You know, there there is something really satisfying. Somebody comes up with a good plan and then you successfully execute that plan it's like wow maybe it's like a fantasy it's a fantasy of competence right yeah like, it's... man imagine if i could make a plan and then do that plan <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be great right i mean i think that i think that's a great so what you need to do is need to like shoot your weekend like a heist movie like you're like oh i'm gonna like 
go do my I'm gonna pick this up like you know like you have that like one thing mm-hmm. that's like kind of more annoying like oh I, I guess I need to like buy a new scarf or something and then you're just like execute you just like you're hitting those points you're like you did your laundry you cleaned your room you're leaving your you know you're you have time for like oh no like a short nap through the schedule off but you're back on track like (laughs) (laughs) um well yeah I I think it is I mean I think there is like this level of um yeah I mean there's a level of escape or like a vicarious competence being like (laughs) being like this person is able to like plan things with such high degree of um confidence or whatever like um like you know in oceans eight like she planned like the whole thing over five years in prison or whatever or like and like other ones i'm not or i'm thinking about some other books like there is like you you plan the crime and then you get the gang together you don't get like all right, we need someone who's really good with improvising and we need like four more people who's really good at thinking on their feet. Um, Right. I mean, exactly. You have particular roles that you see each person fulfilling. And like, this is very much like even in the advertising of these things, like in the advertising of Ocean's 8 and probably the other Ocean's movies, I don't remember them at this point, the advertising campaigns, mm -hmm. um, right? Like, each character poster was about like what they did, right? It was like the planner, the the like hacker, hacker, the forger, the whatever, yeah, um, the fence, and so they each have these very particular roles in the show Leverage, um, which was basically a several seasons long running show that had this premise of heists for justice. Um, <laughs> you know, each of the characters had a specific role and was sort of known as that role. You know, we had again the the hacker, the thief, the the getaway driver, the like con artist, I see. the 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 muscle, the fighter, and then the um the like planner, right, mm-hmm. the mastermind, right. And I think there's something very like there's something very like primal about like seeing these Chekhov guns like very clearly labeled on the mantle, like eight of them. And you're like, this is going to be great. It's going to look so cool when all of these guns, like, pop off. Yeah, exactly. You're like, okay, so each of these people. <laughs> right. Like, like we're going to see them do their shit, and it's going to be cool. Yeah, I, I think that's, like, absolutely it. Um, and it's, like, it's nice to have, like, that degree of, it's, sorry, this is just reminding me a little bit of, like, in, like, children's stories when, like, a child really wants to hear a story over and over again so they can experience the tension but like know that everything will be fine yeah so like you have this like high story and you're like oh what will happen now or like you know we haven't seen the you know the forger do do her thing yet so what's it gonna be um you're like mindy kaling hasn't gotten nearly enough screen time um, I mean, that is what I'm always thinking. That is true. So. I That is, we'll talk about Ocean's 8 more later, but I was, I wanted to see more Mindy Kaling in that movie. Um, but I, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, so we talked about how, so ultimately a heist movie is about order from chaos, but like also in this like anti pseudo, like Robin Hood charitable, like but also incorporating elements of anti-capitalism and mm-hmm. uh, found family, which is, you know, the world's most powerful trope. <laughs> it's yeah, true. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's correct. I do think, and I do think there's like sort of something worth lingering, lingering on this idea of the sort of anti-capitalist vein because it, it's kind of weird, right? Like it's, it's simultaneously this glorification of, material excess and you know having all of these like fancy things Mm -hmm. um you know in a heist movie nobody's like dressed like shit and uh, (laughs) you know they're not they're not stealing like you know some some just old dvds or something right so you know it's like big ass diamonds or you know tons of cash we're gonna raid the last blockbuster for some blu-rays right or it's you know priceless art whatever yeah um and so, like, it's it's simultaneously, like, yeah, stuff is nice, but also, like, capitalists are evil. <laughs> no. Like, the people who hoard this shit are terrible. Yeah, and, I, you know, what I think, what I think is really interesting, like, leading on from that is, like, how, 
like one there is like there is a level like spectacle to it there is this idea of like a grubby like no namer like me like stealing mm-hmm. the stealing like the mona lisa or like this giant chest full of doubloons and the thing about heist movies is like every heist movie is about how like you know this and this isn't you know it sounds it kind of i keep being like oh am i just talking about oceans and i'm like no this is like every heist movie is like it's not about like oh i need to pay off my student loans it's about like they love heisting so much so right. like they get they get like they're like 65 million dollars but like they're they're going to plan their next heist they're, right it's about the love of the heist right it's about like the fact that like you love what you like you know if you love what you do it's about like the post capitalist <laughs> like do you just really love what you do like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you you're like you've got millions of dollars off of like stolen jewels um though that is nice right, i mean they, they yeah they're like oh the money is nice but like it's not about the money um at least not for the the sort of like the mastermind character right the like planner right for the mm. planner it's all the satisfaction of the the job well done and then like and like yeah and then like all their friends are like wow like we really we, we really got closer during this heist <laughs> like during this um so it's not about and yeah and then like they put the money like the money the people who steal like when they steal from the rich they never themselves become like part of that it's not a stepping stone to become the rich it's always mm-hmm. like um it can be more fun like you know it, it can like they maybe they'll like splurge on like a sh- like my ties in the caribbean but like right. there's this assumption that like for whatever reason and it's not and not not because they're bad at money or anything like they're just not going to hold on to it they're not going to live that like lifestyle forever well because what are they going to do invest it like no yeah. that's not cool <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah like they're, they're not gonna um yeah like they're not gonna use that money to like they're not gonna put it in their bank account i guess like right they get it they use it to get like a sweet house and a sweet car and some cool shit and then they're like okay maybe i mean maybe it even is sitting in their you know bank account but it's not like some of it is but... it's not for the purpose of acquiring more wealth i guess that's the thing like we're yeah not, we yeah you never get yeah. the feeling that like these characters want to just get richer for the sake of getting richer yeah yeah, yeah, like, they're not like, oh, finally, I have enough money to get my startup off the ground, and, like, I can finally pursue, you know, round one funding for my gig economy, <laughs> like, Uber-like, you know? Like, yeah. they're not... It's just like, hey, I just want to be, like, happy and chill and, like, have cool stuff. So that... But I don't need to, like, have money to have money. <laughs> yeah, so so it is, like, this this weird, like, within... It is like this is like what capitalism capitalism sells people, right? This is like mm-hmm. your your ideal life of like you drink, you eat caviar. I was gonna say drink caviar, but well, you could do that, do that if you're doing your like your absolute like yeah, I'm drinking caviar. But like yeah, like you have your nice house, you have your nice car, you have your beach house, um, but also in a way that's like, what if I I manage to do that without. I mean, one, yeah, like, without having to work very hard, of course. Uh, but, like, also, like, what happened, like, what if, I don't know, like, I got that without having to engage in, like, this, like, deep capitalism or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, what if I, um, and what if I did that, it's, it's kind of like, what if I got my house in the Bahamas um, and then, like, I didn't really hurt anyone while doing it. Like, I didn't need to make any tough moral choices i did not need to like abandon my family or whatever like i just like got a bunch of money and i'm doing i'm like it's like the guilt-free lifestyle like guilt-free like living it up lifestyle yes yeah i don't i don't know there's much more to be said about the the trope generally yeah though yeah so like if you want we can um because we know that we've been going a bit long in the last uh few ones so we could talk about um we could talk about ocean state we've been dancing around the subject long enough uh but i mean there are definitely other high stuff i've been referencing i would love to reference uh like the martian um it's a the martian yeah it's about him heisting himself from mars okay (laughs) the cruelest mistress um 
Yeah, let's start with Ocean's 8. We'll okay. see where we go <laughs> And then we'll go uh, to The Martian. So Ocean's 8, for anybody who doesn't know, is sort of the latest installment in the Ocean's franchise, which began with Ocean's 11. It's Ocean's 11, 12, and 13, I believe, which starred mm-hmm. George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Um, and it's a remake. The first one was a remake of an old movie with, I don't know, like Frank Sinatra or some shit like that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so it's sort of like, kicked off the contemporary heist genre i would say the yeah like i feel like it was sort of the big heist movie um the oceans 11 and but it's been sort of dormant for years now and they now have just come out with oceans 8 which is loosely connected to the rest of the oceans movie the main character um debbie ocean is the sister of the george clooney character um I was going to say Frank Ocean, but I know that's not right. Uh, <laughs> right. The, the famous singer. Danny Ocean. Yeah, Danny um, Ocean. So it's his sister. She's she's just got out of prison. Um, and she's got a heist on the mind. And she's got revenge on the mind um, for the person who got her in prison. Yeah, who like um, framed her. So she assembles. And so the original Ocean's movie, it was like all men. Except Julia Roberts was also there. But she wasn't one of the people doing the heist. She was just there. She was the love interest. Was she, yeah, I was like, was she Danny Ocean's, like, you know... Yeah, okay. But she yeah, was. she was the love Apparently interest. Apparently she was. I mean, maybe she did more of the heisting in the later movies, but in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this one, Sandra Bullock assembles an all-female heist team of um, seven women, including herself. And then, like, as you might guess from the title, an eighth person, eighth woman, sort of gets involved Uh um and it's got a great cast um and the the premise is basically that they're trying to rob the met gala um they're trying to rob a they're trying to steal a very expensive necklace from around the throat of a of a uh famous actress portrayed by anne hathaway Mm -hmm. the Um, famous actress anne hathaway yes (laughs) uh trying to steal this incredibly giant and expensive necklace from around her neck um, at the Met Gala. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it is um, great. And I and I, I want to say, like, I feel like when I first, the first thing I heard about this movie was, like, before it was even a movie and someone was just like, what are they going to do next? An Ocean's Eleven with all women? And, like, people were like, yeah, that, that would rock, actually. Yeah. Actually, that would be incredible. So, like, I've... I don't know, like, I just felt like it was this weird, like, Twitter joke kind of floating around for a few months before, like, someone was like, they are doing an Ocean's 8 with, like, Ocean's 11 with all women. And everyone was like, what? Like, what if they had, like, all these cool people, like Mindy Kaling and, like, Rihanna or something? Like, I don't know. I just feel like collective, like, like, collectively birthed from the unconsciousness of, like... Well, and John Mulaney has, and I like, I like John Mulaney a lot, but he has this bit that clearly has not aged well um, <laughs> because it's a bit about how there could never be a all-female heist team or whatever mm-hmm. because they would like you know bicker too much or whatever yeah and it's just sort of like a tired joke about how women can't get along yeah yeah and so i love that oceans eight came out and it's like hey john Mulaney, we're gonna kick you in the nuts right and then like all the all the all the stuff about it too like you know how like rihanna was like yeah like was like complimenting Anne half like how they just all the actors yeah. got along really well and like yeah my favorite I do love that Anne Hathaway had just had a baby when she came to film and so she was like apparently like self-conscious about her body mm-hmm. and like literally every woman was like no you're fucking hot yeah <laughs> and damn. like that is one of the things people came away with from this movie was everyone was like wow Anne Hathaway's really hot <laughs> yeah and she looks good in is this movie. really hot um, um I mean, they all do, but yeah, Anne Hathaway. I don't know. People didn't like her for a long time. Now they like her, and this it's, this brought her around on for them. It's, but uh, it's the but back she looks and really forth good. of the of like the like female celebrity like yep the tides like the tides in and yeah. out. Um, okay, so Ocean's Eight. Um, um, so yeah, like I think one of the things this movie did really well was sort of get each of the very particular roles um filled by i think like really unique characters like i feel like each Mm -hmm. one really um like look distinct 
felt distinct um, in in a relatively short space of time. Like you don't get a lot of background on most yeah. of the characters. Yeah, I think I think it is like it has had to have been like a like going in like they're like okay we need to like carve out personalities for eight distinct characters, um, and then we need to so there's there's this interesting uh, thing in video games. Mm-hmm. Of like the, it's called the sil. I mean, it's not just video games, but like video games thinks about this a lot, which is called like the silhouette problem, um, which is like if you have a game with multiple characters, they should be distinguished. If you just see their silhouette, you should immediately be able to identify who they are. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of like games like Overwatch or whatever, like a lot of thought goes into like what is the silhouette of this character? Does it look distinct? Um, and I think what's interesting, like especially in Ocean's Eight, is like how you sort of see like see this reflected in. Um, like the quote-unquote designs <laughs> of, uh-huh. of the character of each character and like what each character like fills. Like I really like the fence. Like I forget her name, but like yeah, like, the like high school. She's played by mom. Sarah Paulson. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. She was played by Sarah Paulson. I don't remember the character's name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. But like, oh. but yeah, like she was she was great. Um, and I don't know, but. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I felt like each one, like, very distinctive costume design, very distinctive, um, just, like, attitude, hairstyle, like, you could just get a lot from just character design on each of them, which I really, and like, really enjoyed. And I wonder, like, to, and I think it was, like, a very, it was, like, a very straightforward heist movie, I think. Um, and I think part of that was probably because... Uh, it had, like you said, it had, like Molly mentioned, like it had been a while since our last, like really big heist movie. So it was like, Hey, remember heists? <laughs> like, um, so it was like, this is how it works. Like there is like, there's no getaway driver. That is like, kind of unusual, but, um, but I think like it understood like the, like the roles and like, I think the spectacle I think was also like, I want all future heist movies to be like at a out of like the Met Ball, the Met Gala, I know, basically, right? um, because like they're, I mean, it's like yeah, like a bunch of poker chips or some gold bullion is like that's fine, but like necklaces and stuff. I mean, uh, so this will contain some spoilers for um, Ocean State, and I'm kind of kind of impressed that we've made it this far without any major without spoilers. Any major spoilers, yeah. Um, but we, this will be like some spoilers. I mean, minor spoilers. They pull it off, but. Um, but okay, so I I really loved you know when they're like all strutting out of the Met Gala, like wearing the diamonds like on the wrist or around their neck or as earrings, yes. like that was yes. such a strong moment. Um, and you see them in their fabulous dresses. Yeah, and they look great, and and you're like this. Wait, this doesn't make any sense. And you're like, you know what? Like, I love this. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I just so, it's just so funny, like, in, in the context of Ocean State, it's just so funny to me that, like, this is a world where, like, like, you know, the eight, well, like, yeah, like, the eight major women who play the cast of Ocean State don't exist. <laughs> I know. I saw people talking about, like, so this is a world where at the Met Gala, Rihanna isn't there? Rihanna isn't at the Met Gala? Oh no! Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, that is horrible. It would be like <laughs> I just like wanted. I mean, obviously they couldn't do this, but it just like kind of felt like, like, oh, how do we get into Mecca? And like, eight ball, nine balls. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm Rihanna. Like, I, <laughs> I get, and, and everyone's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, I'm Minnie Kaling. Like, I can get in really easily. And everyone's just like, oh, that's weird. Like, we we solved that real fast. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but. Um, I see. I was hoping that they would just like in one scene in the background, you'd just see one of like min, uh, one of uh, Rihanna's iconic Met Gala outfits. Just oh, like in the distance, w- you'd see it as if she was there. Like, in the oh, background. that would be so funny to have like a waist, like a torso down, like shot yeah. of like you're like like heard her like yellow one from the. Oh, that would be great. From you the know, year they did the or theme. or if they had someone who like worked closely with one of the actors, like. Like, during one shot, have one of them, you you know, like, I don't know, like, Mindy Kaling's co-star from the Mindy Project, just, just like, just be like, is that, <laughs> is that? Like, just, like, in the, like, you know, not in focus, but just, like, just have them be, like, very visibly confused at, like, Mindy Kaling's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it's it's it is sort of a very fun. Um, like it is because it is the Met Gala. Like it is playing a lot with Hollywood. I mean, like the character of what Diane Kluger is that her name? Yeah, Kluger. Uh, Kluger. Uh, Anna Hathaway's character, who's this basically like very over the top, uh, kind of like vain, but also trying to be relevant, but also like pretty smart um, uh-huh. actress, uh, and she just has these like scenes that are, are very funny because it's just her like playing like playing the actress yeah um, in a really amusing way yeah yeah I think um, I really hope that the success of Ocean Say kind of like gives us more more like big heist productions just because I think like we all we all could like I don't know like they're all talking about like Bill Murray stealing the Wu-Tang album from uh that pharma bro right like why not like just turn that into a movie Mm. (laughs) okay i think there are probably other things we could do before that (laughs) right just just a thought Um, i mean i mean like just like have like a heist like oceans nine is about like sneaking into jeff bezos's mansion and you know he has all these drone technologies in there um, unfortunately, drone now means, like, dinky quadricopter and not, like, walking robot with a gun or whatever. Or, like, those, like, weird, like, pillar robots that, like, keep either, like, running over children or committing suicide by, like, falling into a pool. You're, you're... you're really... I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, Molly's giving um, me a very you, blank You definitely look. got that... This must be, like, what it's like to live in Silicon Valley. You're just like, oh, yeah, you know... All these, like, child-murdering robots. <laughs> no, have you? Oh, it was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, oh, that thing. I remember that. Yeah, sorry. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, just a heist movie of, like, not, obviously not Jeff Bezos, but, like, we call him, like, Jeff Dezos, or, like, Elon Bezos, or something, like some, <laughs> or whatever. Okay. Uh, do you have any other heisty things you want to talk about? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, I'll go back. Um, I did, I did, you know, one of the reasons I say this is, uh, I, I mean, Oceans 8 will obviously have two sequels because it's, it, they, they gave themselves that space. Well, hopefully yeah. they will. So I, I definitely hope to see, um, uh, see more character development. I think that that is like well, one see, of the... Well, see, the thing is, if they do it in Ocean's 9 and Ocean's 10, then they have to add characters, too. That's the way it works. Oh. So they have to add somebody. So who who would your be ideal add-ons? Uh, can we get Lucy Liu in there? Ooh, yes. Love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I think that's like the one that like comes right away to mind, but like... Yes. Excellent choice. What if we get like um, Hannah Gatsby in there somehow? Ooh, like yeah. she was really good and please like me. So I, yeah, I feel like, like she... it'd be like a little. Yeah, I think that would be that would be really fun. Something a little different. Yeah, just like just got a got a zag, you know. Yeah. Um, and then they can like continue. Sorry, go on. What are your What are your picks? No, those are really good. I don't think I can top those. Um... Because the person I try to put into every movie who isn't in very many movies is Mindy Kaling, but she's actually in this one. Yeah, so. yeah, and that was one of the things that like I I wanted to see more Mindy Kaling. Like if I yeah, um, I and it's like it's like we have and I wanted to see more of um the uh, the Asian the the pickpocketer, yeah, um, as well. But I I also understand like with a with a heist movie you don't not everyone gets their screen time so like if they went backwards maybe but then i'd miss people i'd be like oh where's you know so they can't go like they can't do like ocean seven and ocean six also that's like like, very ominous i'm like hey guys could you do like oceans nine and nine means nine episodes of a mini series (laughs) right yeah like can we just like do like yeah can it be released on netflix um so yeah, so I mean the other the other heist stuff I was thinking about like there um it's just funny just because I read a fantasy series called um The Palace Job um which you know is about uh a heist um of like this like precious I actually I don't even remember because I read uh the two sequels to it too and it ended up being like 
um, a staving up like interdimensional war or or whatever. But like in the beginning, it was about a heist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like it it wrapped in a lot of these tropes that we were talking about, like about like stealing something fan like stealing from the rich, giving to the poor in like a more explicit context as well. Like found family, like tragic backstories. Like I think I think heist movies are also maybe about. Um, would you say they're about learning to trust again? Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I think, um, yeah, like I would love to hear about. Uh, was it leverage a little bit more? Because yeah. I think there's always like something that's like, what drove you to start heisting? Um, yeah. And like sometimes, uh, like maybe very rarely, it's like, oh, I just like really love stealing things, but. Um, usually there's, like, an inciting, like, betrayal or inciting revenge plot that, like, gets them going. Yeah. Um, well, Leverage, I love Leverage, and I highly recommend it to, like, anybody. It's really, it's really fun, um, and the characters are pretty great. The, the premise basically is that this guy, um, Nate, he... Nate Leverage. (laughs) No. (laughs) His, um, he worked for an insurance company, and he was, like, basically a a fraud detective type who like would track down people who were like stealing art you know if the art was insured or whatever Uh um so that was his job until he like knew kind of all these different like criminal enterprises um but he was on the side sort of like the quote-unquote good side oh the black hat they're like the black hat yeah or white hat rather the insurance company, surprise, surprise, sucks ass. Um, no. And is, like, pretty evil. And um, when Nate's son is, like, dying, um, like, the, the insurance company refuses to cover his treatment. This is too real. I know. Like So um, after that, Nate is, like, pretty upset. <laughs> and, um, and, like, he, he, along with, like, a few other people, kind of get... Um, get drafted into a a sort of heist against the insurance company i think um in the first episode except like i guess this is a spoiler but literally for the first episode there's like a team that gets assembled i can't remember if nate assembles the team or if the the guy who hires them assembles the team Mm -hmm. but um so it's a it's an art or like it's a it's a thief um named parker she's really great there's a hacker, his name is Hardison. There's a dude who beats people up named Elliot. The muscle, yeah. And then there's a, a woman named Sophie who's like a, um, she's the grifter. She's the, she's like a very good con artist. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Nate sort of like knows all of them a little bit through his past work, but he doesn't, you know, he's never worked on their side. But yeah. this time they're like doing a, doing a con, whatever. Um, and then... Like, they get the the person they who hired them conned. actually turns on them and like <gasps> no. betrays them. Yeah. Um. And so they decide to like come back together and get revenge right. on that guy. Um. So like it's not all heist based. Like there's a lot of heisting and stealing and um that's like a big part of it. But there's also a lot of um just in general cons that get run. But it's a lot of the same idea of like plans getting put together and then you know something going wrong and them having to figure out how to execute it um and it's all very much uh becomes part of this sort of like quest for justice Uh like it's very explicitly like they they steal money from um like corporations or people who have done who've wronged somebody they take on clients that um the clients don't pay them. They just take a portion of, like, a small portion Pro of, like, bono. a huge amount that they give to their clients that yeah. they steal for their clients. Right. Um, no, it is. That's exactly. Isn't that exactly how pro bono works, except, like, legally, like, with heisting? Maybe. Probably. They're like, we'll get, like, a portion. This is, like, all I remember from the Aaron Brockovich, like, dramatization I've seen. It's like, that's how pro bono works or whatever. Um, but, yeah. So, it's, it's like, a, it's. It gets like it goes pretty hard on these themes, um, though overall it's just sort of a fun heisty show. But um, but yeah, what did this? Oh, like the idea of very much it's about like learning to trust each other, and it's very very much the found family trope. A lot of these characters, like I guess unsurprisingly, are pretty damaged and have a lot of like issues because of 
various reasons, um, mm-hmm. you know, and like their criminal lifestyles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so like, it's all about them sort of like learning to, to yeah, learning get along to with trust, each other, le- learning, falling in love, being vulnerable. Yeah. It's good shit. It's a really it, fun show. Is that other, um, oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say like, isn't there another show that's like, that like a woman who, like tries to steal from like her rich like, gets revenge on the rich people? Is that Oh, uh, yes. That is the television show Revenge. Revenge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is um, that also a high school? It's thing? a little more. Like, she's, like, straight up trying to get, like, revenge beyond just... So she's, like, going to kill people. I kind of lost track of it after, like, one season because it got real confusing. Okay. Um, But, yeah, it was it was more than just... Mm-hmm. Like, more she, than she just, was, like... like... She was, like, I'm going to ruin life. It was more, um... Count of Monte Cristo style. Ah, like, right, yeah. I'm gonna show up and ruin lives. Yes. Okay. Okay. So not like good wholesome heist fun. Yeah. Um, and I think heists have. Uh, so I wanted to talk about video games for once. You know, despite my self-proclaimed video game expert title, but um, <sighs> this is actually like there's a lot of very fun kind of like heist themed video games. I think part of it is because. Um, it's it makes like a great topic for all of the reasons we talked about like the fact that like you don't want to shoot people like the fun the thing is like you fundamentally it is fundamentally kind of like a puzzle atmosphere mm-hmm. um these video games like i i think of monaco i think of like invisible ink um they're like situations where like you don't want to shoot people and like the card odds are stacked against you like you want to steal something and then you want to get out and it's about, like, finding that, like, the perfect path through the, like, museum or whatever to um, to get something. And I think, you know, that kind of, like, design constraint really um, lends itself to, like, really fun scenarios. And I think, um, like, Invisible Ink is a game I really enjoy that's, like, a, that's fundamentally, like, a cyberpunk, cyber heist situation where, like, your cor- your organization was, like, destroyed by several uh, corporations your Mm -hmm. oversight organization so like you're basically like stealing enough like stealing information and data from like smaller like from those organizations to like get your revenge at like the climax of the game to like uh which is yeah which is really great Are, are you on your own or are you like in a team you're in a team so like the conceit is kind of like you are overseeing the heist Okay, you're you the ha- you're the mastermind. Yeah, you're the mastermind, and there's like an, an administrator who's sort of like the plot person of like, oh, this is what you need to do, mm-hmm. and you have like a, a an AI that is your hacker, so you can like turn off security cameras and stuff, and then you have like your team on the ground with your like cyberpunk abilities and like the reasons for going like striking back. Like one of them mm-hmm. like used to be a, you know, can disguise herself with, like, holograms. And she used to be, like, a famous um, famous actress before, you know, she was, like, like, before she was, like, taken out by one of the corporations for, like, speaking mm-hmm. out too much about the way they've, like, uh, extracting resources from a place. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the cyberpunk, like, anti-capitalist critique combined with, like, I don't know, artificial intelligence and like I don't know. it's it's all really fun like um a lot more shooting like less a, a little bit more shooting like there is an organization called like the Mitsubishi Corp well maybe not Mitsubishi but like something like that um and their thing is they have like robot like turrets that will like shoot anyone who like walks in range who's like not ID'd correctly and they're usually pretty difficult to hack but if you do hack them they will start shooting guards um and you know it is it's this whole thing but um but yeah i think i think like this is the reason that the game was kind of so successful was because like uh of like this this whole like in this game like you're always on your back foot like you can't like kill everyone and leisurely stroll through the building taking stuff because like more reinforcements always like keep arriving Mm -hmm. and like the longer you take the more powerful they are like and the more like the more security cameras get turned on and like the more guards show up with like more dangerous weapons um so you're always like you always feel very scrappy and i think that's like kind of what heisting is about heisting is about the scrappy underdog stealing from the complacent you know complacent fat cats (laughs) 
Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about, um, you said you, there was a book series you read that was mm-hmm. heist based. And I was thinking there was a book I read, um, called six of crows, which I don't know if it's explicitly what you would call a heist, but it's basically a heist. Like oh, they yeah, assemble you... a team and then they have to go break into this like prison to, do they break into a prison? They have to break into somewhere in order to, except they're stealing a person, not a right. thing. Okay. Um, but it's, but it's very much a lot of these things we're talking about. Like the team gets assembled. They each have their particular skill set. Um, they have to learn to trust each other. There's <laughs> a lot of like drama and like found family stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun, but it was really interesting. Or it was like, it was an odd read because it did feel so much like a heist type movie. And uh-huh. like reading that in a book was strange. Like it, <laughs> it felt strange. Like there were things like there were, there were moments that felt very cinematic in how they were described. Um, but that I wasn't entirely sure worked as a book, like in yeah literary form. So I guess I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on like the heist as a literary form yeah, that's and a, how that works. That's a great... it feels very cinematic to me. Yeah, that's a great like, uh, that's a great thing because I think this actually kind of stuck out when I was reading the palace job as well. Um, this... Uh, I don't, and I don't, I'm not really sure why. I think, like, maybe part of it is, like, um, the visual, like, visually, it's, like, really nice to see bling or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I was reading The Palace Job, I also, and it has been a while since I read the series, um, I also did feel a little bit like uh, it was hitting those beats a little too hard or, or whatever. Like, I couldn't... Um, I think it's just, like, with, maybe with, like, a more cinematic approach, like, you can, you can, like, make it, like, like, instead of, like, plot or character-driven, it's, like, heist-driven. Yeah. Um, but, like, maybe with more characters, and I think, like, particularly in books, like, because heist movies are, like, they're kind of, like, they're about the characters, but, like, you don't, you don't get as much about them as, like, maybe you would like. Um, yeah. And I, whereas, like, with a book, like, if I have, if you have, if you assemble a team, like, kind of what I want to spend the next, like, 200 pages is, like, them, like, hanging out and, like, yeah. chilling out and, like, having fun and you're, like, oh, like, teasing each other or whatever. Like, if, like, I think maybe the issue is, like, if you're looking for, like, found family and, like, whatever, like, there are books that kind of do that better, but, like, the heist, like, I don't know. I don't know why. It, it does seem like there's no reason that there can't be, like... Well, to me, part of it was, like, I felt like there are these moments that are sort of the reveals that you get in, in heist movies, right? Where you'll you'll see something, and then, like, this is almost a, a constant staple of these movies, or in Leverage, or something like that, where things happen, and then you'll, like, flash back, and you'll see the things you didn't see before, right oh yeah They'll like tell you the full story and so you missed things the first time around so you're like wow that worked but i don't quite get how it all worked and then you'll go back and you'll like get to see all the pieces sort of in slow motion uh-huh. you know what i'm talking about yeah mm-hmm. and in um six of crows it felt like she was trying to do that in the book so like things would happen and then she would like go back to it and like re-explain it how it happened um like with the missing pieces. Yeah. Um, and I just don't, I don't know that that worked for me as much as like, I just think it like, it feels like such a inherently like filmic thing to do that having, having it in, uh, in sort of like text form was a little strange. Like seeing, like having that like explicit, like, Oh, well, just because it feels like so much more obvious when the author's withholding information, maybe like in a, Mm. in a textual context, like, you're like you could have told me earlier when this was happening. Yeah, yeah. well, right. It it, it just it it makes the, the pacing. I think it's pacing maybe as part of the thing. Like the pacing of a movie is always going to be different than the pacing of a book. And yeah. so the book you are able to get so much more of the characters, which I love. Um, but like the you lose the sort of quick pace of the of the of the heist if you mm-hmm. don't. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know if you can keep, keep it up with the written form. Anyway, uh-huh. it was just something I was thinking about. Yeah, think about that. Think about writing your, like, Ocean's 8 AUs, like, to our, re- <laughs> to our, re- dear readers, 
if you want to write like a Harry Potter raids Gringotts or whatever, a, like that's AU. already in the book. <laughs> that does happen in Harry Potter. It, it does happen in Seven, and it's not it, it's not quite as fun because you're you're always like, so is this an anti-Semitic stereotype or is oh it yeah. not? Um, okay, yeah. So sorry, some other Sansa gets the crew together to steal. The, yes. the the crown of Winterfell. I think it's like, I think like Ocean's Eight does set like a very high standard in regard to like what you're stealing, like because it's like it has to be difficult to steal, but now it has to be like really like really nice <laughs> to look yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be difficult, but it's gonna be like fucking cool too. Imagine if you had that like jewelry printer from Ocean's Eight though. I know. Like you, like you don't even need to like print, like swap them out. You could just like. Okay, all right. All right. Um. Okay. What? What? Tell me some some stuff you've been reading or watching or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, recently I've been um playing a game called Octopath Traveler. Um, this is a game where for that I've been excited for since it was announced because it combines like both like, really luscious 2D sprite work with, like, 3D effects, um, like, uh, with, like, some three, like, some nice, like, graphical effects, so it looks really cool. Uh, the fun thing is it was called Octopath Traveler, and then, like, in brackets, like, working title, um, because they knew that it was a kind of a nonsense, two nonsense words put together. Uh-huh. Um, but then they released it, and it's still called Octopath Traveler, so I, I guess they gave up on trying to change <laughs> the name at some point. Um, and funnily enough, it is about assembling a team. You have, like, eight characters, um, mm-hmm. and you, like, assemble them together, and then, like, or, like, and then, like, the whole thing I think that's kind of interesting to me is how um, explicitly it feels like, quote-unquote, for adults in the sense that, like, it's segmented into, like, 20 to 30-minute chapters. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of each chapter, you get, like, a very short recap of, like, previously on this character's chapter, Um so it feels like for like a lot of people have been like, oh yeah, this is a, this is like the perfect commute game. Like, you play one chapter in your commute, and like you've gotten like this like one short arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've been enjoying that. How about you? How about you, Molly? Um, I have been reading. Um, surprise, surprise! I've been reading. Uh, <laughs> I've been reading Octavia Butler's um, Lilith Brood trilogy i don't know if it's a trilogy or a series um well there are three of them so it's there are three books so it's probably a trilogy. <laughs> i don't know if it's an intentional trilogy um mm-hmm. but i'm part way through the second of the three books now it's a sci-fi series about sort of an alien aliens save earth and save humans but the price is that they want to like oh, have sex- genetically not have, I mean, it's not so much have sex. I mean, it is. There's there's sex parts, but like a lot of it's about genetic mixing, um, uh-huh. and like basically humans as we know it will not no longer exist, um, and so it's about sort of humans having to come to grips with the fact that their children are not human. That's part of what it is, anyway. Oh, interesting. Um, it's it's pretty good. I'm I'm liking it quite a bit. Um, other than that. I don't know. I watched the first episode of Anne with an E. Is that the title? Yeah. It's it's like the Netflix Anne of Green Gables adaptation. Okay. But it's like Anne of Green Gables, but like sort of edgy and dark. That's okay. All right. I mean, it's, I think it's a little heavy handed. People have already, this came out like a year ago. The second season just aired. So I just started watching the first season. Um, but it's, it's a little heavy handed in that it takes out, takes some of the themes that I think are are potentially there and, like, thinking about, like, because uh, Anne is, like, an orphan who comes from difficult circumstances. And so, like, uh, it sort of more explicitly puts that in there of sort of, like, there being, like, abuse in her background and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I, I don't object to. But it, it gets a little heavy-handed in sort of how it does it. There's always, like, a moment, and then she, like, freezes and, like, looks scared, and then they do, like, a flashback of her, like, being abused, and then it, like, comes back, and she still, like, is looking scared, and someone's like, Anne, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. (laughs) And, like, it happens, like, ten times in the first episode. So so it does seem, like, a little 
heavy handed. Yeah, heavy handed. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think they could have got there more subtly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, I'll keep watching it. And other than that, no, I don't think there's been anything much. I keep trying to watch the final episode of Westworld uh, season two, but it won't load on my stupid HBO Go app. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll look forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. When when <laughs> I've all not had comes... highly positive thoughts about season two of Westworld. So I think far. yeah, Westworld season two, I feel definitely falls like we we we've sort of talked about this before, but like Westworld season two, like when we talk about robots or West our Westworld yeah. episode, um, it definitely falls apart compared to season one, which I think had a much more coherent, um, kind of yeah. like more coherent, more fun like. Though it was not very fun in many parts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if fun's the right I mean, word, I just, actually. like, honestly, I just feel like season two is really boring. <laughs> That's, season like, my two, big complaint. I, no. I just think it's really boring in a lot of places. Like, parts of it are really good. Certain characters are always interesting. Hint, those characters are not Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I think season two visibly, kind of, like, it's, like, visibly spins its wheels for, like, a couple yeah. episodes. Because, like, yeah. they're not... I'm like, this season could have been half as long. Just follow Maeve and, like, you've got a great show. I I think it's just sort of like we... It's just funny just because I think um, Westworld season one was always about, like, okay, so there's definitely going to be a robot uprising. And, like, we don't need to see that whole robot uprising play out. Like, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. The robots are going to kick humanity's ass. Like, we know yeah. that's going to happen. It's just boring to watch, like, robots show up, and then they kill a bunch of people, and you're like, oh, wow, this is, uh, I feel so morally conflicted, because, like, humans are terrible to these robots, so, like, you know. Right. But also, like, I... like oh, this is so gruesome. And then you're like, hmm. There's yeah. a supercut that, like, halves like it, the it, length of the season. Right. It worked in, like, the first episode, and then it just kept going. Right. And you're like, oh, I wonder if the robots will show up and, like, instantly kill all the humans again. Like, yeah, there you go. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we can talk about it when I finally finish season two. And we get... And Ilana's, like, free for once. Our yeah, good luck with that one. robo-expert. It's um, true. She she always has smart things to say, so. Yeah. All right. All right. As usual, thanks for... Okay, I'm going to real quick... Um, I'm going to check our email real quick. Oh, wow. Real I, time. Email I ha- checking. Right. I've I've been slacking super hard. Sorry. It's been it's been kind of tough. You know, it's seasonal depression, the other one. Seasonal depression, too. Um, <laughs> it does not appear like we got any emails or right. d- DMs, as they say. But if 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 we did, I we don't have we didn't get any emails. If we got any DMs, I missed them. Sorry. Um. Um. All right. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen any. So as usual, feel free to email us at storygutscast at gmail dot com, or tweet at us at storygutscast. Um. You know, let us know if there's something you want us to talk about, or if we like foolishly overlooked some super important thing. <laughs> that happens for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And rate and subscribe tell your friends follow us individually on twitter i'm at the molly jean that's at the molly j-e-a-n-n-e and uh i'm alice lie i'm at alunculus which is a-l-o-n-k-u-l-o-u-s um yeah like we we love to hear from you um we're always we're always like you know um we're always like willing to talk about like a new topic like if you had anything you want us to like noodle about um for an hour uh i did hear from a a listener that for our father's episode that like um that when i was talking that like uh when i mentioned like oh like the father knows best sitcoms like there was like leave it to beaver or cosby show Mm -hmm. like apparently there were like a series of them but neither of us had ever watched them so we were unable to give the topic a a thorough scrubbing yeah. So unfortunately, it's just I, I sort of knew that existed, but I it's, feel like by yeah. the '90s, the the trope had changed. We're we're just we're millennial product millennial products. So okay. well, for one one piece of viewer feedback or viewer listener feedback I got from my dad was <laughs> that um, when we talked about werewolves, 
oh so long ago um uh we did not talk about werewolves as a metaphor for alcoholism which he thinks is incredibly obvious yeah that is incredibly yeah that is incredibly obvious my bad we missed that oh man we'll have to go back so uh yeah anyway write in tell us what stupid things we missed because we do and uh we will uh talk to you later yeah that is so obvious i know (laughs) all right okay uh yeah thanks again one more time thank you for listening and stay hungry man put on blast by your dad (laughs) 